Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Recorded live. Recorded live. Hey, this is uh, Mike, so Religious Dystopia, and uh, first time guest, Tom Dunn. And uh, he's the co host of with Jared over there at uh, Through the Black. And uh, this should be a really cool hour. And, uh, and folks are going to get a lot out of this. I can reassure you of that. So, and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things that span the gamut of uh, spiritual warfare and uh, what uh, we as uh, brothers and sisters uh, in Christ uh, deal with in the day-to-day in our walk with uh, our Lord. So, hey, Tom, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. I am excited to be here. We <laughs> tried to do this before, and uh, some stuff came up, and we had to cancel, but I'm glad to finally be on. Oh, yeah. That stuff was some, some spiritual warfare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, seriously, it was, too. It's, you had some spiritual warfare going on in your in your own life. And it was, <clears throat> excuse me, folks, and it was right after we, we did the show together. Right, and, right. Uh, Man, that's a bizarre thing in itself, that show. <clears throat> the things that I, I look back at that show and the things that I saw were uh, behind me. I don't know if you paid any attention. You're probably too busy even to bother, but I, I paid attention. And the demonic entities that were behind me were so disturbing. I took uh, so much of my artwork and I threw it out. Oh yeah, I saw huh. those things—a huge thing that looked like a big giant Bigfoot, and a couple other things—and I was like, "What's going on here?" So, like a lot of the artwork, I was thinking about it because a lot of my artwork's been in museums and even in places like OSU and the old uh, dean there at OSU, its office and uh, coffee houses. Who knows who's been touching it and what's been going on? So I just like. I have no idea at this point, and uh, so I threw a bunch of stuff out. Oh wow! And, but that's, and I had a huge spiritual attack between uh, after doing that show, and then three days later I did that breakdown of the Patterson film, in which I found a bunch of huge uh, uh, spiritual entities, demonic entities, in that film that uh, no one ever was talking about or pointed out. Because you know my contention is is that the way that, that they manifested Patty, quote unquote Bigfoot, is that they uh, had a you know satanic ritual to help manifest that thing. And anyways, that's for another show. But right. Um, so and when I posted that, ever since then I've had nothing but this chronic migraine for since then. What's been about a month, hasn't it? Since the show, it's, it's been a few been, weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been a while. 
So, and it's been, and it's just been one thing after that, man. I just been one attack after that. So, and I know right after we did the show together, then you and your family had an attack, didn't you? Right, right, yeah. And you did a show about it. You did a little a plea, you know, the prayer to God and say, you know, and you did a little, you know, uh, recording of it too. And it, I, mean, I think it was like the next day. Yeah, I can't, it seems like it was the next day because I know, because I think that's when we had it set up to do the show, to do this show. And I was, I was dealing with some stuff and, my my attitude about it was if the enemy is going to attack me, I'm going to take this as an opportunity to expose him and oh, yeah. to call him out and to claim victory and to call on prayer warriors and, you know, instead of going through this alone. And so that's what I did. I don't always do that, but I just, I just felt led to do it that day and, uh, you know, to come, you know, and to do a more of a, a public prayer. Uh, like I said, I don't always do that. I usually go to my prayer closet, but uh, that was appropriate for that day. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I can understand that. That's for sure. So, and uh, yeah, you know, hey, Lexington, Ohio, how close is that to where you live? It's real close, man. It's it's less than five miles in, down the road from me. Yeah, I need to connect you with uh, Rick uh, Grabneck. Like Rick. Grabneck is the guy. Now I don't know if you ever got a chance to to watch the follow up or any of the video or the the images associated with the uh, the interview that you guys did with me. And Rick is the guy that filmed that demon in his backyard, and then he called his pastor friend, and his pastor friend prayed for him, then prayed in tongues, and then, then drove the demon away. Or Rick lives five miles away from you. And I think you, I want to connect him with you. Yeah, I definitely would. So that video was shot in Lexington, Ohio. Yes. And that's one of the most powerful images of the power of prayer and the reality of demonic entities and how the power of prayer actually in the name of God and the blood of Jesus. And, and even speaking of tongues can drive these things away. And I think people really need to, you know, I think, you know, and you were talking about, you know, this is one of those things you want to do maybe down the road as far as a future project. Yeah. You got one of the best resources right there, dude. One of the best, uh, and you probably would do him a lot of good too, actually talking to him as well. Cause I know that his faith is, is cause he's having all these attacks himself. So still, right. and you know, it's probably doing some good, you know, you know, multiple wow. reasons. So, you know, after the show, I will, I will uh, send you his uh, Facebook page and go from there. And uh, I think he's one of those. I think he, he might, in this situation, might be more if you'd be willing to reach out to him because he's he's been kind of burnt by this whole thing and led into loose. Okay. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, so, I would love to connect with him. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So I was then, I was in Lexington today. Huh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny how? Our, our Lord works, yeah. huh? God works, huh? So, you know, yeah, you're, you're asking me how I was doing. So the past 48 hours, so, <clears throat> for, you know, I got my son Tuesday, and on Tuesday afternoon, me and my son, we went out uh, to uh, the car 
there's a huge, and also if you take a chance yet to look at the images that I sent to you via Facebook Messenger or those those demonic entities, those huge entities. I like to call it the, the Nephilim uh, the giant demonic entities. I mean, the giant, they're huge. That's just some of the images I captured. Uh, wow. And they attacked me and my son. I, I rebuked it. I saw the one. It, it literally a big, huge face. This is at my neighbor's garage. And uh, the one, he, my son never saw it, but I saw it. And I, this was as loud as a voice as I could, and then called it in the name of Jesus Christ and, and in the blood of Jesus, you know, you know, binding them and rebuking them and sending, casting them to the, the abyss, you know. And uh, it's just been, uh, just the uh, past 48 hours has just been uh, really, really tough. Uh, two really sleepless nights. Afterwards, my son got really sick. He was ghost white, sick. I'd never seen him so pale in all my life. Took him to the doctors yesterday. He missed school for the first time, and uh, and then, uh, but I prayed over over him and all that kind of stuff. So I guess he was okay today. Uh, he went to school. So uh, okay, good. I was gonna ask. Yeah, so, uh, but this morning, right, four in the morning, so I I restless two nights, so I slept with them, right? And then four in the morning, I hear something walking outside his bedroom window, right? And I hear his bipedal footsteps. And and my, my neighbor, who lives upstairs of us, his name is Mike as well, and he's a brother in Christ. He pulls in from work. And uh, he works for uh, the Air Force there in the air, local airport here. And uh, so I'll tell you his story first, and I'll tie in mine. So, he, you know, I, he calls me today. He says, Mike, because I let him use my parking garage because he does stuff for me and, you know, for Brothers in Christ. And I just, it helps right. me and all that. So anyways, he says, Mike, I need you to, if you could uh, move your car because i got to get my van and all that. So while we're doing all that stuff, he says, man, because I've been telling him what some of the stuff that's been going on. And, you know, he's kind of been, you know, la, la, la. Kind of, you know how it is. People forget. But he goes, Mike, you know what happened last night, like four in the morning when I pulled in? I go, what? What happened? He says, I saw the strangest thing. I saw this pencil-thin shadow figure walking back and forth in our yard. And at four in the morning, and so you know, I I rebuked it, and and then in my car, and then I drove up and down the street, figured what it was, because I thought maybe it was a person or something. And I said, well, you, you said it was four in the morning. And he goes, yeah. Well, guess what? This very same time, I hear footsteps outside my son's bedroom window, and the first time it wakes me up, and I'm like, what was that? The second time I hear it walk back. And I go, you gotta be kidding me! After all this praying and praying, and, and God was was helping me; He was protecting us. Right. But and then the third time when I heard it, I got super mad, and I rebuked that thing in the loudest tone you ever heard anybody ever pray. <laughs> I woke my son up; he jumped up out of his bed, and I, you know, in the power and the blood and authority in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind you and rebuke you, and I send you. <laughs> to the abyss and outer darkness, 
and I started to speak a little bit of tongues for the very first time. And that thing, apparently, when I did that, it got all, you know, all freaked out. And so that's when he saw, that's when Mike saw it running back and forth in the in the yard. And it was one of these shadow figures. I'd never seen one of these shadow figures before. But that was the first time he ever seen any one of those things. So it was a valid, validation for me, you know, that th- these things, you know, I'm not the only one seeing this stuff. And I had one of my brothers seeing it too now, the very same time, so... And then, um, and then I got. Um, I think I'm even. It, it, if, if there's on the show right now, uh, this is sister. Uh, and it might be her sister in, in Christ too. Uh, he's also going through similar stuff further north of us. If, if that's if that is you, guess two. I don't know if that's you. Guess two or guess three. Uh, guess three. That could be also Andrew. Uh, in, in Kansas, he's got some, some very interesting stories of his, his own right. So, anyways, um, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff going on, brother. So, but anyways, this is not about me. But in a lot of respects, it's a good intro to Tom Dunn because Tom Dunn. Like, this is what this is what Tom Dunn is about. <laughs> well, right? Yeah. In a way. I mean, <laughs> hey, I, Andrew, that gets I, have, I have experience. Yeah, you know, in this field, so. I'm definitely happy to talk about it and share my experience and share strategy and share prayers and and anything else that that can be of help. Well, let's let's get into uh, uh, Tom Dunn and why you are involved in uh, spiritual warfare and um, and uh, uh, I guess. Uh, if, why you're doing what you're doing at this point, man? Because well, okay. you're you're just another Joe like us. I mean, you're not. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. So why you're doing what you're doing, man? So. You know. Yeah, just like you said, there's nothing. Excuse me. <coughs> excuse me, um, Mike. Uh, there's nothing special about me. I um, I'm just like you know anybody else. When my parents were, well, when I was three, my parents divorced. Uh, I was less than three years old. And that just kind of, from there on out, pretty much just like uh, put my world into a spin, right? My my dad left, my mom went to work, and I went to live with my grandparents, which was actually a blessing in disguise because my grandfather was an ordained minister. And I got to spend a lot of time under his mentorship and him just, teaching me about the Lord, teaching me about the Bible, teaching me about prayer, and not so much. I mean, those things are spiritual warfare, but not specifically spiritual warfare, but understanding, you know, the uh, the enemy, um, the devil, you know, our enemy, our um, invisible enemy who has the ability to attack us, spiritually, who has the ability to uh, tempt us and put thoughts into our heads and all of these things, you know, that we read about in the Bible. So I grew up with a really good foundation of uh, understanding this. And then when I was became a teenager, about 12, 13 years old, I began reading about spiritual warfare. I've been getting listening to Christian music. It has spiritual warfare themes in it. But I still had a um, – I, w- I was always – on the defense and I had a fear in me and didn't really understand my authority for years. I knew the blood of Christ could protect me. I always use it as a defense, 
And I never learned how to do preemptive strikes, right? And just just to come out and, and start fighting. I just kind of walked in fear and would plead the blood of Christ, which is a good thing to do. But once you understand your authority, once you understand your position in Christ, once you understand the, the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, we don't have to walk in fear. And God doesn't want us to have a, you know, a spirit of fear. You know, so it took me a long time to kind of figure that part out. Matter of fact, it took me to about my mid 30s. I'm 44 right now. So and that's when I came across the teaching of Russ Dizdar, who many people are familiar with. So. um, So anyway. uh, Anybody that listens to our show through the black, you'll hear me um, endorse Russ Dizdar's material. And that's what I'll do right now because it was a game changer for me. Uh, And his material is free, okay? Uh, Over 12 years ago, he used to charge money for it. That's how he made his money was by charging $75 or $100 for these college-level courses, Bible teaching on spiritual warfare. The one – but I met Russ, and I didn't have any money, and I said, hey, I said, "Um, is there any way I could take these courses, you know, and then I'll pay you back later. And he said, yeah, and he sent them to me. And I began taking these courses, and I took a course called Confronting the Powers. And that course is still available. That course changed everything for me because through Russ's teaching, and Russ is just one man, but he's a good teacher, uh, I began to understand my authority, understand that I didn't have to walk in fear, understand that when I got attacked or – something would happen to me or there's sleep paralysis or anything like that, that I didn't have to have fear. And slowly what began to happen is instead of me being afraid of my nightmares, my nightmares became afraid of me, but not so much of me because I don't have any power, but God's power in me. So I would begin to cover my house and preemptively strike against the enemy. That way I didn't get attacked. I would rebuke everything, clean everything out, clear the air, put worship music on, you know, come in intercessory prayer and against anything that was, that was coming in my house. So um, I'll tell you a story real quick. Um, this has been, this has been probably about eight or nine years ago. Now we bought a, a box spring. Actually, it was just a box spring from a garage sale right down the road from here and brought it home. And my son who was, about two years old back then, he slept in that bed that night, and he woke up in the middle of the night having a nightmare. And the next day, I kind of did a little interview with him and talked to him. I said, what's going on, bud? You know, because he would not go back in that room. And I was like, something weird's going on. So he began to, he told me the best way that a two-year-old could. He said, scary hands are tickling me. And I was like, wow, what, you know, who comes up with that? You know, I mean, something happened to him. So he's, he was two then, he's almost, he'll be 11 next month, and that is what began our nightly routine, our nightly discipline of prayer, and him and I pray together, you know, every night since then. And people ask me, did I get rid of the box spring? No, I didn't get rid of the box spring, but I got rid of the, any kind of demonic attachment that was connected to that. So um, we, we had to talk about this the other night. You know, when you buy something used, when you get something from somewhere, 
you know, who knows what's been done to it. I was in a hotel in Texas last week. I prayed over the room. You know, you pray over if somebody gives you a T-shirt, if you buy something from the Goodwill, use clothing, pray over it. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, I mean, that's a real story of something that I dealt with early on after I understood my authority and after I understood that I could come against that, kick that uh, demonic entity out, whatever that was, whatever that attachment, that open door was in my son's room. And that, that caused him real fear. And even though we began praying with him, it was actually a couple years before he would sleep in his own room again because that frightened him so bad. Oh, man, I bet. Yeah. Well, you know, this is what I did today. Tell me oh, what you think about it is going down the right path because, you know, this is all new to me. It really is. I'm just, I'm not new. This is, it literally is all new to me. It's, it's because of my "quote unquote" Bigfoot investigations that I'm now learning about deliverance ministries and and uh, about binding and loosening and all this other stuff. So, so I went around. <clears throat> me and my brother was it uh, two nights ago. <clears throat> I call. Uh, well, I called his him and I talked to his his wife first, and they've been. Uh, Christians for a very long time, and uh, we were all raised Mormons, and none of us are Mormons anymore. But uh, uh, but they met each other, and they were Mormons, and they, they, but they left the church, and they went through all this stuff. But they, so, anyways, we we I didn't have any oil, but I had some coconut oil. Right? <laughs> I said, hey, "This is all I got," and we're we, he called like four in the morning. Ironically, four in the morning, the two two nights before, and I said, "Well, let's just pray over this, okay?" And so we did that. So and and so uh, so that's what I've been doing. I I uh, wiping the the window seals, uh, the uh, door seals, everything, going around the whole. And I live in a quadplex. The house that me and his mom got is a couple of blocks down, but so but I live in the the daddy place, right? <clears throat> so and so. And the porch, everything. That's what I've been doing. Praying and praying, praying over the, the yard, praying over the house, you know, praying over everything, just uh, and just praying over it. And I really, probably the most importantly is just praying over it and and the power and authority of Jesus. And as, you know, it's probably the more important thing. But you know, this and that with the the oil, you know, I, I mean, is that something that you feel is, is a good idea or not? You know, well, I'll tell you what. This is what I've done. I've walked my property line many times and prayed. I walked the whole time and prayed. But that day, um, that day that we were supposed to do that show, and I put up that video, that was the first time in a long time where I anointed the doors of my house. And I don't normally do that, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And that actually came up recently. Unrelated to me, somebody asked me that question and said there wasn't, really evidence of that sort of thing happening in scripture. So I had, you know, I had to step back and think about it for a minute and I didn't really research it the way that I need to. And I think that what that might come from is maybe an exodus where they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost to stop the death angel from coming and taking the baby. And that might be where we get that tradition from. I don't think there's anything wrong about anointing your 
doorpost, you know, your windows or whatever. I, I've done it before. I've anointed things. I've anointed rooms and, and things like that. Um, we we want to be scripturally right. And I, I think, you know, I, I, you just got to stay real close to the Holy Spirit. And if, if we're doing anything wrong, he's going to convict us of it. Uh, personally, I, I felt led to do that that day. And that's not something that I normally do. I do walk um, my property line. And then when I have the whole house to myself, one thing I'll do is I'll go from room to room and room and I'll sit on all my kids' beds and I'll put my hand down on their bed and pray for them and just pray for, for any doors to be shut in their room, for, you know, anything they brought in, anything their friends brought in, anybody else that brought into this house that could have an attachment on it, okay? Uh, when we look at the book, of um I believe it's the book of Second Kings and we read about King Josiah. He you know, he found all these artifacts that were used to worship demon gods and these Asherah poles and he had them burnt down and ground up because he didn't want anybody else to use them. You know, he didn't want any open doors to any other gods, to anything demonic. So he burned it down and he ground it up and he got rid of it. And I mean that's something that we have to do also sometimes. So uh, yeah, I, I I didn't feel bad about it. And, you know, it, it seems to me you might have a uh, Roman Catholic influence as well. I mean, I don't see anything necessarily that comes to oil. No, you find, you find in scripture, but you know, it's like you know, I know that it's it's really it's the authority of Jesus. It's, it's his, it's him. It's his authority. It's it's not the oil in itself that's right. Anything. No, no, no. It, it, it has anything, but yeah. you know, it's it's you know it's uh, and it's you know our faith that he gives us, and even he gives us that. So it's it's all him, and it's just you know it's 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 really just an expression of our our faith that we of Jesus, you know, uh, and and of his power, and his authority, and we're saying to them, and by the way, I know they're watching us while we're doing that, so you know. Uh, Will will it stop the visitations? I don't know. We'll see. You know, I'm putting my faith in it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, listen. I I threw out a ton of my own artwork. Some of my artwork that was that's been you know in museums throughout the state of Ohio. You know, stuff that is that I highly prized. That stuff that I thought uh, you know I was going to plan on keeping for a long time, you know, stuff that right, right. Uh, it is worth the hundreds of dollars. And I threw, I mean, I, uh, oh, here's another thing I'm going to say too, is I noticed too, that some of my, uh, some of the artwork, uh, and I won't say the name of who the artwork comes from, cause I don't want to offend the person. Because they're very close to me, I don't want them to be offended. But I've noticed that a lot of these entities that I'm finding, as I've been doing, you know, field research. One of the things I've done <laughs> since uh, we did the show is I did do, and I only did it like an hour and a half worth of quote unquote field research with Tom. Field research for me is just driving around. I mean, I don't go tromping in the woods like these guys. I don't. I just go drive. I don't even have to. I, I just. 
you know, I just get led to where they're at, these tree structures, tree structures and et cetera, and I find it. So anyways, but anyways, I'm finding these faces in the artwork of these paintings in my house that weren't there before. And I'm like, okay, this is getting way beyond. You know, here, I'm praying every day. I believe in Jesus. I, I mean, I know Jesus, Lord. I have absolutely you know. Uh, am I uh, am I a perfect saint? You know, no. Do I have a lot of things I got to work on? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you knew where I came from, yeah, I just got a long ways to go. But you know, who I was, who I am today, compared to who I was five years ago, yeah, I'm a heck of a lot better person. Thanks to the grace of of God. But you know. Um, these things, these have these things had the these demonic entities had the ability to manifest in uh, in inanimate objects, and I had no idea about that. Have you ever heard of that before? Um, I'm trying to think of an example. I mean, there's definite manifestation of when you have have some really intense demonic um, presence where they can throw things off of a table, things like that, right? Um, I haven't had anything like that yet in my life, thank God. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it's, it's, it's a situation where there's a serious open door, you know, where some satanic, um, some kind of occult activity has has taken place, okay? And I, I guess that would be the example that I'm thinking of. I'm not sure uh, what you're talking about, but if you explain it to me more, I can. I might be able to help out more. But, well, I it's, mean, those... it's, yeah, the faces that I'm finding oh, yes, when yes, when yes. I when I capture them on film, well, this is what I think is happening. These entities that I'm that I'm finding in my research, I know that they're following me home, and bigger and badder things are coming along with them. And these, and these, these, uh, I had no idea that these things, you know, the witchcraft that's involved in this and the sorceries involved in this and these, these, these dark entities, uh, they, once they know that, you know, that they, that they exist, then they, they become attracted to you and they want to, um, uh, I, you know, they want to discourage you, I guess. Yeah, well, there's no doubt, and they don't want you exposing them. They don't want you praising God. They don't want you doing evangelism, anything like that. And yeah. they're they're going to come against you. They're going to try and discourage you. They're going to attack. Look at Job, you know. Um, I mean, that, anything that, they did to Job, they can do to us. So, And that's, you know, the thing, too. Remember, I, told, I think I told you guys you know, what I did in order to find them is I just started talking to God and praising Jesus, right? That's what I did. I would walk around talking to, to, to God and praising Jesus. And that, and uh, they literally followed me home. And I had no idea that this... I mean, I, never, I had no idea the kind of fire I was playing with. So, um, so anyway, right. I'm going to be going to a church Sunday where... Uh, people that believe on laying on the hands, and I'm going to hope they're going to that something good will happen. All that. So, so 
Anyways, this that's not supposed to be about Michael Adams or. <laughs> well, the thing is, man, um, you deal with things and you have questions that everybody has questions about. So these are legitimate things to talk about. Yeah. Well, you mean what? How about you, man? When you're when you're dealing with this stuff and you're working with folks, and uh, have you ever had any kind of things, anything follow you home? You ever had anything? Um, I mean, yeah, there have been times. So, where I've had, um, I've definitely had what you would call blowback. I'll tell you an example of one where um, this has been about six years ago now, a group of Satanists began attacking our Facebook page when we first started this, uh, this group called Project Josiah, which was a, it was a global uh, intercessory prayer network where we would get together and we would connect with people all over the globe because, you know, if you and I are going to pray for the whole planet, that's difficult for you and I to do, but it makes more sense if people in Japan pray for Japan and you and I pray for Ohio, right? Right. So that was the idea of Project Josiah was we got people all around the globe praying geographically for what was going on in their area, praying against rituals, praying against the cold activity and stuff like that. So we had a Facebook page and the Satan has found out about it. They begin to network and come against us. So, and what they do, you know, what they do a lot of times is they do rituals against you. And I knew that that was going to happen. I was at work one day, and I got a sharp pain right in the middle of my forehead. And immediately, just because I knew that the thick of the cult-level spiritual warfare, I knew that it was real. I knew who it was. I knew they were sending a ritual against me. I prayed against it, you know, and immediately, immediately it left. And there was a lady that worked about 10 feet from me. And she got a headache so bad that she had to go home, and she didn't know what hit her. So I believe they, they when they got rebuked off to me, they went to another victim and found somebody that couldn't defend themselves and jumped on them. So that's just one example. I mean, I've definitely had things, you know, uh, attacks in my sleep, stuff like that. But, again, I would, I would go back and recommend Confronting the Powers by Russ Dizdar because when you get the training, uh, there's a lot you can save yourself a lot of heartache and a lot of um, just unnecessary type of, um, you know, struggles. And it's not, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean that you won't have attacks, that you won't have illness or things like that. Um, I mean, we're, we're constantly learning and getting stronger, just like you were saying a few minutes ago. You know, you're thinking about, you know, know how you're better than you were a few years ago i always like to think about how better i'm going to be in five years from now because i'm 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 strong now you know and that's not that's not anything great about me it's because i've been disciplined because i read god's word that's what makes me stronger and i pray i have a relationship with him all that stuff is good but I'm, i'm a human and the enemy he knows me these spirits are much older they're you know, um, been around since the beginning of time, you know, oh, yeah. and they're super, they're smarter than us. That's why we need God's word. That's why we got to put that in our heart so we can battle them. That's what, he, that's what Jesus did when Jesus was tempted. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. So that, you know, and they're going to find a way eventually to outsmart me. Okay. 
and they're just going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming until they get around my defenses. They're not going to give up until I'm dead. So, but that's okay. I have God, and uh, it would be bad if I didn't learn from my mistakes. That would be bad. But when I'm able to learn from when they eventually get around or when they eventually do something, uh, that's a good thing. If I, you know, if I can learn, I can take that opportunity and use it against them and use it to help somebody else and use it to praise God. You know, Job said, though he slay me, still I will serve him, you know. Oh, yeah. So uh, I've definitely had, you know, blowback. I've definitely had the enemy, you know, um, come after me. You know, I just think of a few months ago, I did, I spoke at a conference up in, um, up in Strongsville, Ohio, and had a powerful day of ministry. Saw people set free, saw um, curses broken. I, pray, I prayed all day long with people. People were waiting in line to pray with me after they saw me speak. Again, nothing special about me, but I, I just I told them I'm there to help you. I'm here to do whatever I can to you know to reach out to pray for you or whatever. And I saw so many people uh, you know set free that day. It was amazing. I loved it. It just felt you know it felt good to be a part and to help these people and to see them set free. But let me tell you, <laughs> you know, as my friend Russ Dizdar says, there's hell to pay. You know. And uh, the enemy, he, he came against me hard that week. And sometimes he does when we, have a, you know, when we have a good show or when we get out information. or You know, when you let your guard down, a lot of times what happens is we have a powerful spiritual victory and we let our guard down. And we think, man, I'm pretty tough right now. I'm pretty strong. We just kick the devil's butt. Guess what, man? Watch out. Watch out because he is looking when he left Jesus, he tempted Jesus three times, and three times Jesus says, it is written, it is written, it is written, okay? And then the devil went away. What does it say? He went away for a more opportune time. He was waiting for a better opportunity. So, and that's what he's going to do. And he's patient. He's methodical. He's very strategic. He's much smarter than we are. And I'm not saying this to discourage anybody. I'm saying it to encourage people. Read your word. Stay in prayer. You know, pray without ceasing. Intercede. Okay? Don't forget. I can't tell you how many times I have had to say Second Corinthians 10, 4, over and over. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. The pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. Okay? And then mm-hmm. we memorize Scripture so we can be prepared, just like Jesus was when he quoted it back to Satan and said, the Bible says this, the Bible says this, you know. And, it, you know, what the enemy brings at us is just a variation of what he brought to Eve. When, he, when the serpent came to Eve in the garden, he said, you know, she said, she quoted scripture. She said, God said this. And then the enemy came back and twisted scripture. And you got to be prepared for that. And he said, did God really say that? He didn't really say that, did he? You know, and he'll even try to undermine scripture that we know. And we, I mean, our enemy, we need to have respect for him. He is strong, but our God is stronger. Our God is more powerful. And God didn't die on the cross and get victory shed his blood 
so we could get our butt kicked. He did it so we could have victory and we could walk in victory and we can overcome temptation. We can overcome uh, habitual sins. We can break curses. We can walk in freedom. We can get healed. We can get deliverance. And we can do evangelism. So um, God is good and all those things are, are possible. And it's also possible to walk, you know, to walk in defeat. You know, it's also possible to, to be, you know, I don't even know if this makes sense, but to be a carnal Christian, you know, and to, to let the, let the enemy have the upper hand. So, you know, it, it all comes down to really our choice and how we want to live. Sure. I understand. Yeah, definitely understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can tell you one thing, the experience that I've been having is, <clears throat> it's been a, a double-edged sword this past month because it's, it's, although physically, uh, you know, the devil might be having his way. Spiritually, I believe God's having his way because it's forcing me to fall on my knees more and more and more throughout the day in prayer. I'm actually developing a prayer life that I never had. Honestly. Wow. I, I thought I did. I thought I had a prayer life. But after going through all this stuff this past month, I realized I never had a prayer life. I thought, you know, starting your day in, and uh, ending your day in prayer was was like your typical, you know, your typical Christian, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I never really, I, I realized I never really had a prayer life. Really. Not that much of a prayer life, that's for sure. But when you're con- confronted with the uh, the devil with the, and his minions, oh yeah, you're, you're going to have a prayer life. You're going to have one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you're going to be absolutely destroyed. You know right, what I mean? Because right. <laughs> you're not going to have any, you know. And, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of, of tears shed in this past month, let's put it that way, of anguish and pain, uh, seeing your own child suffer. Um, I tell you, I listening to Greg last night, on top of that, uh, I finally got my son to go to sleep. I finally got a chance to listen to you, uh, the show with Greg and what he went through. And then everything that I was experiencing, that was a, that was the sap, the, the, snapping, the snapping point for me. Right. And I was just like, oh, that was it. I was in tears for like an hour. I just couldn't handle it anymore, you know. Right, what, right. what he went through and see what my son was going through and uh, we, and all the other children that were going through that day and today and throughout this week <clears throat> and this really wicked time of year. Right, right. And I just, it's just, I just, I mean, I don't know how you feel about the Christmas, but I just, at this the point, I just can't celebrate it. I just can't do it anymore. I mean, I, I'm not going to condemn anybody who does. But I just can't do the Christmas tree anymore. And I told my son I just can't even do the wrapping of presents and all that kind of stuff. We, you know, we'll celebrate Jesus. We'll, we'll celebrate Jesus, but we're not doing the rest of it. I just can't do it. Right, right. I can't yeah. do it. I mean, I'm not condemning anybody else. I understand where they're at, but I just, I it just, I, it just pains me to do it. And it just, I, uh, it doesn't make me better than anybody else. I just. 
I, when I hear Christ Mass, I just, I mean, our victory is in his resurrection. It's not in him, you know. <laughs> he's he's our Savior, you know what I mean? He rose from the dead. He's he's our right hand of the, the hand of, the, of our of right. Heavenly well, Father, you know what I mean? And, I, I so, mean, I, I think those things should be celebrated every day, the incarnation, you know. And the, absolutely. Uh, for God to love the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him yeah. shall not perish but have everlasting life, you know? And um, and that's the way I feel about Thanksgiving, too. I mean, I I had a hard time for that for a long time where we would just take one one day a year to be thankful. I, I, I have to give thanks every day. You know, I walk in Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm really having a hard time with holidays, period, at this point. And I know I'm being accused by his mother and others of being a real killjoy, but I said, well, you guys celebrate your holidays with him. I don't have to. You know, I'm, I, me and my son, we study the Bible all day, and we watch Bible studies, uh, stories, and, and that's what we're doing at this point. And uh, it doesn't happen with them, so right, that, I mean, right. I, think, I just I just can't stomach anything else at this point. So, and I, it's not because I'm great. I think it's because of everything I've gone through this past year. It's like I just can't stomach the world anymore. I just can't. Sure. sure. Especially when it comes to spiritual realm of things, it's just uh, I just need to. It's kind of like what uh, Jared. Oh, by the way, Jared just commented about those images he found on Facebook. He messaged me as we were talking. So he okay, just, he, those uh, those uh, demonic entities in my neighbor's backyard. Right, right. <laughs> so he says, "Wow, that that's wild," or something like that. What did he say? In, in Jared language, um, well, that's uh, not. That's yeah, nuts. yeah. <laughs> you got to learn to speak Jared lingo. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, this is. Um, I feel bad about this. The way this 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 interview went, Tom, because it's not exactly the best way to go about introducing Tom Dunn, because it's almost like I know it's it's we've only had, you know, it's like we've actually only talked between your. Sh- interview you guys of my show uh what and this but yet i feel like we're a kindred spirit already i like i know tom already and i I, yeah here's the thing there's (laughs) nothing to feel bad about i i i just have a good time fellowshipping you know and you give me a chance to to come on and, and share my heart man and um just uh share the gospel and what god's doing in my life and uh, to me, that's a victory. To me, man, we we done some amazing things tonight, and you're going to get feedback from this show of people that were helped, people that were encouraged, you know. So, um, man, it, it's a it's a good show, man. It's a good time. Absolutely, man. Well, before we we really wrap things up, I want us to talk about your guys's, uh, your and Jared's uh, latest project. Uh, what was going on down in Texas? You just had a trip. And uh, you know, let people know about what's going on with uh, through the black and your latest uh, 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 project. Um, 
and uh, and in the uh, which is weird to say your old this your old movie your old film which is not even an old film really but yeah it is weird yeah it is weird to say. <laughs> it, it came out a year and a half ago and it's it's still relevant and it's going to be relevant for a long time right. but our first film was called Detestable. Like I said, it came out a year and a half ago, and anybody wants to check that out, you can go to detestablefilm.com and see the trailer there. You can rent it on Vimeo, which there's a link there at that website. It, um, it's a film that the Lord asked me to make, and I made it. It's about satanic ritual abuse, and when people see it, you know, no, no props to me. They're blown away because of the testimony and the credibility of the witnesses in this film and how believable they are and the things that they say and the horrific things that they've been for, through. Greg Reed is one of them. Another is a, uh, a lady from Canada, Kim, a uh, precious friend up there. I went up there. Matter of fact, two years ago, I think today I got back from Canada, somewhere, you know, right around this time. Two years ago, I just got back from Canada filming that interview, and that was heavy stuff. And she had, uh, you know, suffered mind control and stuff. And then we went out to California, interviewed Greg. I went to Oregon and interviewed a guy named Guy, and his story is horrific. So we did that film, and then we wanted to follow up on that film. And that's um, we've been dealing with some backlash and stuff, and we meant to start this a lot earlier, but we finally just got started with a new film. The new film is called The Darkest of Red, and it's a sequel in many ways to the first film, but it's also a standalone film, and we're going into the history of ritual sacrifice, and we're going into a lot of the things that are happening in the country today, things that are making headlines, and we're going to investigate them, whether it's Pizzagate, whether it's stuff that's happening overseas with the Hampstead case, uh, things like this. But the film is really early. Uh, in its uh, development, like I said, we shot one interview with a uh, professor down in uh, down in Texas. It was all the way down as far south as you can go in Texas. Great guy named Judd Burton, who's an anthropologist, doctor, professor, history teacher. I mean, just all around, this guy does everything. And um, he spoke to the history of ritual sacrifice and... It was it was an intense. Matter of fact, a week ago today, I just got there, and um, and spent a couple of days with him, interviewing him, and him taking me around to some places. So that was great, and we have a ton of stuff coming up that that we're going to shoot. Uh, trips already planned, and this film that I'm making is a crowd funded movie. So that means the people, the uh, the people that view it are the ones that are funding it, and. Uh, anybody interested in that, they can go to the website, The Darkest of Red. And, you know, one of the things that you can do is you can buy the film now before it comes out. That's how we made the first film is we kind of sold it ahead of time. You know, people say, well, hey, I'll, you know, I'll spend, you know, I'll, I'll contribute to your film $25, you know, and and we send you the film when it's out, you know. And we, we did that last time uh, in less than nine months. We don't expect to make it that quick last this time just because we're doing things a little bit different and we're taking our time a little bit more on it. And we don't feel the pressure because the first film is out and we've already exposed a lot of stuff. So there's not so much pressure on us to hit a, hit a deadline. 
but we do expect to have everything wrapped up within a year, but uh, I don't think we're going to do it nine months like we did last time. So we want to, we just want to be able to spend a little bit more time on it, but that's what we're doing. And by God's grace and from the prayers, we have a prayer team praying for us. And we also have people who have been very generous and contributing to us. And I, you know, um, because we made the first movie, we were, we were successful and we did a good job and we exposed the enemy. We edified the church. We did evangelism. We presented the gospel. I'm not afraid to ask for support. And because I know that we are uh, going to be faithful for, you know, what we're asking for, uh, we're going to do with, you know, with it, what we said we would do because we've done it before and we're going to put the film out there and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to do it on a bigger scale. We're going to do it with better quality this time. No, there's no complaints about the quality last time, but we're just trying to bring the production up a little bit and, and go deeper with more stories. And um, I'm just excited about to, you know, to see what God's going to do. Um, this film is going to be a lot more marketable and we want to reach more people. Wow. Now, what about this, your latest road trip? Um, down to Texas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I went down there, and basically I just did I did a couple interviews with Judd, and um, I went down, you know, I went down to the border fence, and we, uh, you know, we he just took me around to show me some stuff down there. It, it was quite interesting. It was, um, I'll tell you this. One thing that surprised me, and it shouldn't surprise me, but just the generosity and the politeness of everybody down there, it just blew me away. As soon as I got off the airport in Houston, I, I just could not believe the Southern hospitality. I've been in the South lots of times, but for some reason this time, it really struck me. And even down in that border town, we went to Brownsville, Texas, all all around there, and there were all kinds of cultures and the Latinos, uh, they were so nice to me and just blew me away with hospitality and kindness. And it, it, I mean, it was intense. I, I went down there and, and met Judd and we went to his office and interviewed, you know, I did an interview with him and he really just gave me what I was looking for as far as, uh, content for the new film and history and, and just kind of bringing everything uh, historically forward about the the history of ritual sacrifice and the reasons why they did it and who did it and all that stuff. It's still kind of all swirling around in my head, you know, everything that he was teaching me down there. But it was powerful. It was good. So I can't wait to get this out for people to see it. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, uh, my friend and brother in Christ, Andrew. Andrew, is it okay if I mention a little bit about what you went through with this flashing red light? Yes or no? Sorry about this, Tom. No yes, problem. okay. Uh, so anyways, he was like researching this uh, sat satanic... Uh, or Satanist website, and this happened this year, and he's a brother of Christ, and he's you know, the, and he, uh, 
he had this really, really negative consequence with it. He said he, there was like this, now tell me if you ever heard this before. There was like, I guess there was like this really strange pulsating red light. Okay. Okay. And he said that whatever this, this red light, whatever it was doing, did to him, it kind of vexed him. It kind of really drained him and really almost, uh, well, it, uh, cursed him and actually he, it, uh, he actually had like a, a demonic or evil or unclean spirit attach itself or uh, to him through the computer and he actually had to have uh, uh, folks pray for him and cast it out um, and am I saying that correctly this is the reason why you should have came on Andrew you know, I think you shared your story. Yeah, <laughs> I think what you're saying is really good, and I'm glad you I'm glad you brought this up because you we talked a little bit ago about about items being charged demonically. You know, things in our uh-huh. house. You know, like what happened with the box springs in my house, and you know, you're having experiences like this. The same thing can happen with media. It could be a movie that you're watching, a book that you're reading, or a website that you're on. These things can be charged, okay? It can be music that you listen to, okay? So we have to be careful to um, that we don't open doors by doing this sort of thing. Now, I do a lot of research with a lot of dark stuff, and I've, I've been on some websites before where – I didn't have any flashing red lights, but I've definitely felt the atmosphere in the room change because these websites have been demonically charged. Okay. And I, I have learned, you know, over time that there's certain movies, even though I feel like it would benefit my research, I'm very careful uh, when I watch them or, you know, even if I, I make that decision to do it or not. And I pray before and I pray after, you know, and that's very important. Uh, we got to cover ourselves in prayer when we're going into this stuff, and we have to have discernment on whether we should or should not go certain places. When you're on the web, it's easy to bounce around and open up a ton of windows and end up in a place where you're like, I don't even know how I got here, but this place is weird and it's dark and yeah, some, something came in, you know. So uh, we got to be very careful, and if that happens, shut it down um, and pray over it. Pray over your house, clear the air, put some worship music on, put some, uh, you know, put the Bible, somebody reading the Bible on audio, and read the Bible out loud in your house. You want to make it very uncomfortable for the enemy to be there, you know. Yes, I agree with that. um, That's one of the things I did I guess instinctively, actually, at the past two nights, I uh, put on uh, uh, readings of the Bible. Uh, uh, I played it out loud in in, the, in my place. Um, it's it's yeah. kind of ward off spirits. Uh, Andrew says uh, they said that it was a foul spirit and that it was attacking him. Uh, he said, "I am having tr- trouble entering the phone ID." Okay, okay. Hey, well, maybe next time, Andrew, because you know, 
you know, it's it's your story. Obviously, I'm going to butcher it and butcher it now. So, but it was an, a very interesting story that Andrew was sharing with me earlier today about what he was going through in his own personal life, and that this uh, false spirit was attacking him, and it was really causing him a lot of problems, personal problems, and 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 uh, <clears throat> affecting him. It was really his decision making, and and really as the point where of despair, where you know, as, you know, what was he going to do? Like, with, as far as financial issues, work issues, how is he going to pay the bills, and that kind of stuff? So it was, it was quite interesting, and and it seemed like it all kind of was coincided or started or somewhere connected with him researching this particular website. So, and right, I, you know, right. this this goes. To me, you know, the issue with me with this whole thing about researching Bigfoot, and I want to warn people, if you're going to research Bigfoot, first of all, Bigfoot, you're going to do this. This is witchcraft. This is sorcery. And you're going to invite demonic spirits into your life, whether you go out in the field or not. And so these things will come to back to, to your place. And... Um, now, why did it come so hard on me is because, well, I add the you know Jesus to the equation. So, and the fact that I don't know, there's more to this whole story than I even realized at this point yet. So, but and then and there's there's more to be said, sir. But I I I even would say t- with my own YouTube channel that I would seriously I it, I questioned. A lot of times, why am I doing this at this point? What more do I need to do, God? You know, I think I proved the point that demons are real, and that uh, that things are really bad, and, and that uh, uh, these things uh, really do want our destruction. And uh, I, I don't even know where to go from there. Here, I, I, I really at this point, I, I don't even want to do it anymore, Tom. But I. But then I got other people calling me up and saying, Mike, this is what I'm going through. And I've had three people today call me up and say, Mike, and sending me images, and this is what's happening in my yard. And they're Christians. And they're saying, thanks, Mike, you're saying this, because this is exactly what I've experienced, and you are brave enough to actually say it. And I'm like, well, I don't know how brave I am about it. I think I'm just stupid enough to say it, you know what I mean? I don't think I was ever brave. I'm <laughs> just dumb enough to do it. If I knew what I was getting myself into, I probably never would have done it, to be honest with you, Tom. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel the same way sometimes because uh, the risks that we take in doing what we're doing are pretty clear to us, and yet we continue to do it. But the thing is, somebody's got to do it, and very few people will step up to a ministry like this. Uh, the Bible says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So... Again, I would recommend anybody, first of all, make sure you're called to doing this. And and, and don't, uh, man, just, just be, be careful. Because this is not, you know, people tell Jared and I all the time, man, I want to do what you guys are doing, what you know. They think it's glamorous. It's not glamorous. You know, they see us on video on YouTube, and they think that's what we do. No, what we do is behind the scenes. What we do is in our prayer closet. What we do is when we read our Bible. What, that's, that's what we do. That's spiritual warfare. That's how 
we, you know, we get trained, we take courses, we listen to preachers, we just fill ourselves up with as much God as we can, you know, so we can uh, be strong in order to be on the front line. So, yeah. And this this would be a good place to end for this show, for your prayer closet. From my, my experience, one of the biggest mistakes I did make foolishly was praying publicly out loud foolishly arrogantly to in open to these entities there's a reason why you have a prayer clock a closet it's to protect you god the reason why he wants you to have a prayer closet is to protect you why I'm saying that is from my own experience at this point. And it was this morning when I was getting ready to send my school, my son off to school. This is one of the things I said to your son and my son. I said, you know, and we were going to pre- we were going to pray, and the and the windows were open, and I know, and and I was like, come here, we're going into our closet, <laughs> you know, a place where nothing can see us, and we're going to pray. And he wanted to. He wanted to, to scoot away and get exposed in this this window, and I'm like, no, we're going to go here, and nothing's going to see us. We're going to kneel, and we're going to just be us and the Lord. And I know that might sound extreme, but from my own personal experience at this point, I think there's a lot of wisdom in what God was sharing with our prayer closet. Whether you agree with me or not, I I I understand if you don't, but from my own personal experience. I like to say is I would not wish what I go through to my worst of enemies. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. So Tom Don and and uh, through the black. So support them and help them in their projects. And uh, yeah, man, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, don't forget about Rick. Uh, grab neck, and uh, who knows? Maybe, and maybe we can all three meet down there some way or somehow too. That that would be great, man. That would be maybe great. We can all work together and do some praying down there, and uh, yeah. So whatever. I mean, it's it's a heck of a thing we're all involved in. Man. I love you, brother. I'm a brother in Christ. I, I wish the best for you and your family, yeah. and I hope to talk to you guys real soon. And um, just take care, man. Thank you for That's spending good. an hour of your life with me, man. Hey, thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Anytime. My privilege. Yep. All right. Take care. Okay. You too. All right. And Andrew, thank you. Thank you for joining us.